So today's a big day for the gathering. There's like a lot to be excited about, okay? The first thing is that we moved from 11 a.m. to 10 a.m., which is something that I've been wanting to do since I got here, and I am pumped about it, okay? So that's the first big thing. But like I said, y'all already know about that because you're here, so we don't have to talk about that one too much, okay? The second thing is this. We're starting a new sermon series this week. So we've kind of been floating around having standalone Sundays since Christmas, And this week, we're going to start a new series on the seven signs that we see in the Gospel of John, which is kind of a fake out because this week, we're not actually going to talk about one of those signs. We're going to talk about the baptism of Jesus because the third thing to be excited about today is also baptism of the Lord Sunday. That's a lot, isn't it? New worship time, new sermon series, and baptism of the Lord Sunday. So we're going to spend, including this week, the next eight weeks in the Gospel of John. And me and Mike will be mirroring each other with our scripture and topics. So if you're jumping back and forth, you'll be taken through the same series. But what we'll see is that the Gospel of John really takes us on a journey to hopefully lead us to a place where we can, with clear eyes and a clear understanding, see who Jesus is. And that all starts in the Gospel of John with the baptism of Jesus. So I figured since we are talking about the baptism of Jesus, it may be wise for me to tell you about my baptism. So I was raised in the Methodist Church, in the United Methodist Church. I was baptized as an infant, meaning that I don't remember my baptism, which I think is very important for you to understand that I don't remember any of what I'm about to tell you, and it could all be not true. I just, I want you to know that. I have no recollection of this. This is just what I've been told about how my baptism went, but really there's no way, there's no way to really know. My grandfather, Pete, was a pastor in the United Methodist Church in this conference, so he was actually the one to baptize me. How cool is that? My grandfather got to baptize me in his church. At the time, he was serving at Huffman United Methodist Church, really not far away from here. And so I I think I know what you're picturing right now. You're picturing this really touching moment where a family with, with a beaming grandfather gets to hold up his cooing grandson in front of the whole congregation, and the parents are proud, and he's proud, and he's been telling people about this day that it's coming. And that is, that's just really not, that's really not what happened at, at my baptism. Now, let me reiterate, I don't, I don't remember any of this, but apparently that morning, I was not my normal cooing baby boy self. Instead, I was screaming at the top of my lungs. Now, again, I've seen baptisms where the baby kind of starts to rustle and make a little bit of noise and the pastor's able to maybe make a little bit of a joke, right? And kind of everybody laughs it off and the baby calms down and the pastor's able to get back on track. Again, that's, that's really not, that's not at all what happened at my baptism. My mom told me that it was like a full-on DEFCON 10 scream, that I was screaming so loud that they really couldn't even hear Pete mic'd up talking over me. And from that, from the, from the time that my grandfather had me in his arms, all the way through the baptism, all the way through walking me around the sanctuary, I was just screaming like this strange man had taken me from my parents and was parading me around with all these strange people. My grandfather used to joke that he got Satan out of me that day. <laughs> and I, I mean, I'm a pastor. I don't know. Maybe he's right. I don't know what I'd be like if I didn't have that, if I didn't have that baptism. 
It's, it's one of my favorite stories, and I, I wish Pete was still around to tell me about it from his perspective, because I never, I never heard him tell me how that was for him. And of course, as a pastor, right, now every time I do a baptism, every time I baptize a baby in the back of my head, I think, is this the day where I'm going to get payback? Like, is this the day where this baby's going to treat me like I treated my grandfather? Despite all of that, my baptism, it revealed a few things about me, and it revealed a few things about God. And if you're okay, we're just going to focus on the positive things that it revealed about me, okay? But it did. It revealed God's prevenient grace working and moving in my life. The grace that we as United Methodists believe starts working and moving in our lives before we even are aware of it before we even know who God is. We believe that God is so full of grace, so much so that that grace starts working and moving in our lives, in the lives of infants, before they're even aware of it. That's why we baptize babies in this denomination. But it didn't just reveal that. It revealed my parents' promise to raise me in a Christian home. It revealed that church's promise to do all that they could to walk alongside my parents as they sought to do that, to support them and to take care of them and to show up when they needed help and to teach Sunday school and to lead confirmation and to go on. I mean, you see, just it revealed the promises of that community to hold that child with the tender care of Christ hoping that one day I would choose Christ for myself. It revealed that that this was a launch pad for the rest of my life because that's what we believe baptism is in our church. It's the launch pad for a relationship with Jesus. It's a launch pad for God's grace at work in our life. It's a launch pad for both myself and my parents saying yes to that grace. And it's a launch pad for hopefully the child going on to live into the calling that God has placed upon their life. My baptism, despite my screaming, it revealed all of that. Isn't that pretty amazing how God works through something as ordinary and as mundane as water? Anyone's baptism reveals all of that, whether you baptize as a baby or as an adult. How, how cool is that? I mean, baptism really is, it is, it is one of my favorite things that we do as a community because it is all encompassing. The next time that we have a baptism in here, pay attention to how I ask you if you promise to walk with this child and ask the parents if they promise to raise this child. It's just It's so powerful, and and it reveals so much about who we are and who God is and what the relationship between the two is like. Jesus' baptism, as we'll see in our reading for this morning, it, it revealed something a little bit different, right? But it still had a whole lot to reveal about who Jesus was and what Jesus had come to do. So let's read our text for this morning, and then we'll, we'll keep going. So we're in John, the Gospel of John, chapter 1, verses 29 through 34. The next day he, he, John the Baptist, the next day he saw Jesus coming toward him and declared, Here is the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. This is he of whom I said, After me comes a man who ranks ahead of me, because he was sent before me. I myself did not know him, but I came baptizing with water for this reason, that he might be revealed to Israel. And John testified, I saw the Spirit descending from heaven like a dove, 
and it remained on him. I myself did not know him, but the one who sent me to baptize with water said to me, he on whom you see the spirit descend and remain is the one who baptizes with the Holy Spirit. And I myself have seen and testified that this is the son of God. This is the word of God for you, the people of God. And we say together, thanks be to God. So the baptism of Jesus revealed that Jesus is the Lamb of God. That's what we see in our text, right? It's what we see in the very first verse. The baptism of Jesus revealed that Jesus is the Lamb of God. John the Baptist sees Jesus walking towards him the day after John baptized him, and he proclaims, right, that he now knows, he can now see clearer than he ever has before that Jesus is, in fact, the Lamb of God. Of God. Before we talk about what exactly that phrase means, the Lamb of God, I want to make sure we spend just a little bit of time talking about the Gospel of John. John's Gospel tells the story of Jesus' baptism different than any of the other Gospels. And I think it's important that you know that and also know why John tells it differently. In Matthew, Mark, and Luke, if you were to open up any of those and read the story of Jesus' baptism, you would see a narrator telling you what the baptism actually looked like. So in Matthew's version, it goes something like this. Jesus goes to John the Baptist, who's at the Jordan River, and Jesus tells John that he needs to baptize him to fulfill all righteousness. And John kind of has a moment where he says, whoa, whoa, Jesus, aren't you the one that needs to baptize me? But eventually John gives in and says, fine, if you say that I need to baptize you, I'll, I'll do it. So John and Jesus get in the Jordan River, and as Jesus is coming out of the water right at the moment that he's baptized, the heavens open up. John sees the Spirit of God descending upon Jesus as he emerges from the water. And then John hears a voice come from the heavens that says this, This is my Son, the beloved with whom I am well pleased. It's a great story, isn't it? But it's not in John's gospel. The way John tells us about the baptism of Jesus, he assumes that we've already heard that story. He assumes that you already know what happened when Jesus came up out of the water and that Jesus and John had an exchange and that it happened at the Jordan River. He assumes that you already know all of that. Instead of telling you the story, the gospel writer of John wants you to see what that moment revealed about Jesus, which is right on par for the rest of the gospel. I was doing some reading on this gospel to prep for this week in this series that we're about to jump into with these seven signs, and I found this quote by one of my seminary professors, Dr. Jamie Clark Souls, who like is an expert in the gospel of John. And this is what she said. The whole gospel of John was written for no other reason than to reveal Jesus to us, to provide a space for us to encounter him in his full identity. The whole gospel of John, all of it, is aimed at revealing to us who Jesus is. 
Think about the Gospel of John. We see it in the very first words of the Gospel, don't we? In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God. That's different than any of the other Gospels too, right? But when you, when you begin to look at it this way, you see, oh wait, from the very beginning, this Gospel writer is trying to reveal to me at the deepest levels who Jesus is. We see it in Jesus's I am statements that are throughout the gospel of John. Again, something that is unique to this gospel. I am the bread of life. I am the light of the world. I am the door of the sheep. I'm the resurrection and the life. I'm the good shepherd. I'm the way, the truth, and the life. I'm the true vine. And of course, we'll see it over the next seven weeks as we look at the signs and miracles of Jesus as they reveal to us through what Jesus does who he is and what he has come to do. When you realize that and you see where this gospel has already been and where it's headed, at least for me, it makes a whole lot of sense why John tells us about the baptism of Jesus in this way. Why he tells it in a way that doesn't really focus on the baptism itself, but focuses on what John the Baptist saw what it revealed to him about who Jesus is. And what it revealed is that Jesus is the Lamb of God. That's what he says, right? It's like he can't get it out of his mouth quick enough. As soon as he sees Jesus walking towards him, he says, look, this is who I was, this is the Lamb of God. This is the Son of God. This is who I was trying to tell you about that that I baptized yesterday. This is the Lamb of God. This, that language of Lamb of God, that's, that's Old Testament language. It should take us back to the very first Passover when the Israelites were freed from slavery, from, from Egypt, from the oppressive hand of Pharaoh. The, at the first Passover, after all the plagues, the Israelites were told to sacrifice a lamb and to smear the blood on their doorpost of their home. And that would be the marker for God to pass over that household and ultimately lead to their escape from Egypt. The lamb was slain at the first Passover for the redemption and for the salvation and for the freedom of all of the Israelite people. So God's saving action at that very first Passover worked through and because of the blood of the lamb. So when John says this about Jesus, that he is the lamb of God, this is, this is huge. It's something that he really wouldn't have had to explain at all to any Jews that may have heard him say it. They all knew what that meant. They still celebrated Passover every year. The difference is that John says that this lamb, this lamb, Jesus will take away the sins of the world. Not just the sins of Israel, not just the sins of us here and now that are able to see him and touch him and and hear him, but this lamb will take away the sins of the world. This lamb that will be slain, this Jesus, the Messiah, will bring us all into relationship with God. This is the one that will bring redemption. This is the one that will shed his blood, the one, the one that will give up his own life for once and for all. This is the one that will finish the story. This is the one that will finally reveal to us the love and the grace and the forgiveness that God offers to us as his people. 
Suddenly, after Jesus' baptism, John can just see it so clearly. Because remember where he started in Matthew, Jesus, are you sure that you need me to baptize you? Shouldn't this work the other way around? And then all of a sudden, you see that, that he can see it. Jesus is the Lamb of God. My question this week was how? How was it revealed to John that Jesus is the Son of God? How did John know? How did he see it so clearly? I want you to hear the second half of our scripture reading again for this morning. Start at verse 32. And John testified, I saw the Spirit descending from heaven like a dove, and it remained on him. I myself did not know him, but the one who sent me to baptize him with water said to me, He on whom you see the Spirit descend and remains is the one who baptizes with the Holy Spirit. So John sees the Spirit descend upon Jesus at the moment of his baptism, and John knows what that means because God has already told him what it means. God being the one who sent him to go baptize said, the one that you see this happen on, the one who you see the spirit descend upon and stay there, this, that person is the son of God. So John knows because of what he sees and because of what he has been told that Jesus is the lamb of God. And once he knows, he testifies. He shares it. He proclaims it. He tells everyone that he can. In the very next section, if you were to keep reading, you would see that John tells his own disciples that they need to stop following him and they need to start following this Lamb of God, this Messiah. The question that popped in in my head is how do we know that Jesus is? is the Lamb of God? How do we know that Jesus is the Son of God? I think we're probably at a little bit of a disadvantage when we compare ourselves to John the Baptist, because if you're like me, you haven't heard a booming voice from heaven telling you that Jesus is the Son of God. If you're like me, there's no way that you can go back to that moment when Jesus comes bursting out of the waters and see the Spirit of God descend on him like a dove, but we still know that Jesus is the Lamb of God. So I wonder how that's been revealed to you in your life. Maybe God took something in your life that was broken and made it whole. Maybe you see it in the calling that God has placed upon your life and how when you finally gave into it, when you finally took the risk, wherever you felt like God was calling you, you could see clearer than ever that Jesus is the Lamb of God. Maybe someone in your life loved you like Jesus loves us. They loved you selflessly and recklessly, and it was through that love and through that relationship that they pointed you towards Christ, and you could see, you could see that Jesus is the Son of of God. Maybe you see it every time you run back to Christ after you know that you've messed up, you know that you've made a mistake, and you run back to Jesus, and and every time you find forgiveness, and you find grace. Every time. Maybe it's through that that you know, that, that you've seen that Jesus is the Son of God. Maybe it's revealed to you every week at this table, when we come to the table and partake in the meal with Christ. 
Maybe you just know. Maybe you just know because of the ways that God has pushed you in life or the ways that God has grown you or the ways that you know God has loved you and shown you grace. Maybe you just know that Jesus is the Son of God. But my guess is, my guess is that all of us have something in our life that has revealed to us, maybe just for a split second, but revealed to us clearer than we could have ever imagined that Jesus is the Lamb of God. And if that's the case, then the question I have for myself this morning and the question that I have for you is, are we testifying? Are, are we testifying what we've seen? Are we telling our story? story? Are, are we sharing how we know who Jesus is? Are we sharing it with the hope that others will know, like John the Baptist is doing in our scripture? That's where I found myself at the end of my research this week, at the end of my sermon prep. And I, I really think that's the challenge that this passage of Scripture pushes on to us. I think it first requires us to ask ourselves, how do we know that Jesus is the Son of God? What have we seen? What have we lived? What have we experienced in our own lives that have shown us that Jesus is the Messiah? And once we know that, once we can see it, the call is to share it. The call is to proclaim it. The call is to testify. The call is to not be ashamed of our story, but to share it with others with the hope that they too will see that Jesus is the Son of God. I hope you know that, that we all have a story, that we all have a witness, that we all have a testimony. A testimony that I believe each and every one of you has a story that has the power for someone else to see through your life and through your story that Jesus is the Son of God. The only question is, are we going to share it? Are we going to use it? Are we going to tell it? Because friends, before us, we can see this Lamb of God emerging from the water, calling us deeper into relationship with him. But not just that, he's also whispering for us to bring others, to tell the story, to share our testimony, to tell others what we too have seen and heard. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Hey friends, I just wanted to take a moment and say thank you for tuning in to our message this week in The Gathering. I hope you found it meaningful and life-giving. Of course, you're welcome to join us any week at 10 a.m. on Sundays, either here in this space or on our live stream for worship. And of course, you can check us out on our website at www.bluffparkumc.org to find out more about who we are as a church, what we have going on, and how you can be a part of that. Feel free to reach out and contact us with any questions or concerns you may have. We'd love to hear from you. We hope you have a great week, and we'll see you next time.